Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. What is going on, guys? It is Down to Football back with another episode. How is everyone doing today? Hope everyone is doing well. It is a nice Tuesday morning when I am recording this. I plan on putting this out later for you guys to hear in preparation of week four. The season is moving along quickly. We are already heading into week four, like I just said. Uh, Three weeks have concluded. Last week was a good week of football. A lot of good games happened. Uh, Of course, three that I'll be talking about. But yeah, loving it. Loving football. Love talking about it. Love that you guys listen to it. So uh, please... You know, stay interested in this. I'm, I'm working hard to provide the best content possible. So uh, thank you to those who listen and uh, just keep staying tuned. But let's jump right into it. We have our recap. So our first game we have is the Raiders-Dolphins. This was a good game. Tua was out, obviously, with rib injury. He was put on IR, I believe, and now Jacoby Brissett will be starting for the team. It's weird because Jacoby Brissett wears number 14, and we all saw uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in the number 14 with Miami, so it is a bit weird. But regardless, Derek Carr in this game went 26 for 43, maybe not the sharpest passing, but did have 386 yards and two touchdowns. Did throw a pick, but still a very solid game from Derek Carr, who's off to a very good start this year. Uh, I've always thought he's been kind of underrated. Never really has a lot of help because he's on the on the Raiders, but he's doing well so far this year. Payne Barber actually had the most carries in this game. Kenyon Drake has kind of taken a backseat in this offense. Uh, Josh Jacobs is, has been out uh, with injuries, and he's been dealing with sicknesses, etc. Uh, but Payne Barber filled in pretty nicely for them. He had 23 carries for 111 yards and one touchdown. Hunter Renfro, who's been highly underrated by a lot of people, um, usually quietly does something in a game to, you know, get a decent impact. But in this game, he had five catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. Brian Edwards had three catches for 89 yards. Uh, that led the team. The defense had two sacks, no fumble recoveries, no picks, but got it done in overtime. It was kind of a wild game. Jacoby Brissett, not looking too bad, obviously very conservative. He had 32 completed passes out of 49 attempts of those 32 completed passes. He only had 215 yards, so not very many yards off those passes. But he did add 7 carries for 37 yards and a touchdown. Miles Gaskin had 13 carries for 65 yards, led the backfield. He also added 3 catches for 9 yards. Mike Kosicki led the team in, in not in catches, and I'll explain why in a sec, but he did lead the team in yards. He had 10 catches for 86 yards, no touchdowns. Now, this was kind of a wild stat. So, Jalen Waddle had 12 catches, but only for 58 yards. So, obviously, that is a monster PPR week uh, for, you know, for people who are playing full PPR leagues. Obviously, no touchdowns, not a crazy amount of cards, but in perspective, that's about 17.8 points. So, still a very, very solid week from him. Uh, as Fantasy-wise, maybe not extremely productive on the field, barely averaging, not even averaging six yards a catch. Just kind of crazy to think about. And the defense had three sacks and did have that one pick. No fumble recoveries. Again, Raiders take this game 31-28. The second game, Ravens versus Lions. Lamar Jackson, well, first of all, the Ravens won 19-17. I'll explain why in a minute and how they won. But 
Lamar Jackson went 16 for 31 with 287 yards, a touchdown. He also added seven carries for 58 yards. He matched the team high in in rushing yards amongst running backs. So the running backs had 15 carries for 58 yards, not much on the ground, which is kind of weird in a very exploitive game against the Lions. The Lions have a very poor run defense. So very interesting to see that they didn't do much on the ground. Uh, well, in perspective, they did have 116 total yards, but just combined three running backs with 15 carries for 58 yards is a little disappointing. Mark Andrews had five catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Marquise Brown, nah, I'm sorry to all fantasy owners, could have had a monster day, and it's a shame for Lamar, too. He had three catches for 53 yards, but he dropped multiple touchdown passes. It is heartbreaking. This game could have been out of reach for the Ravens. Luckily, they still win. But it is just kind of crazy because Marquise Brown had been looking so good in the first two weeks and then had this dud performance, uh, especially against the Lions who are missing Jeff Okuda now and have very, very weak secondary players. Uh, It's crazy that he dropped the passes. I mean, we're talking wide open touchdown passes. The defense had two sacks, no picks, no no picks, no fumble recoveries. Now, Justin Tucker, congratulations. He is the reason that they won this game, but... You know, we've seen game-winning field goals in the past, but not like this. He had a 66-yard field goal, which sets a new NFL record, I believe, previous held by Matt Prater. 66 yards is the new long, so again, congratulations to him. You are now in the record books. Now, on the opposite side of things, the Lions. Jared Goff just never thought he was good. Now he's on the Lions. Now he's just... It's just kind of going to become a journey, man. He went 22 for 30 with 217 yards. DeAndre Swift had 14 carries for 47 yards. Not a great average, but did have a touchdown. And also added seven catches for 60 yards. Jamal Williams, the other running back, former Packer, had 14 carries for 42 yards and a touchdown. Khalif Raymond led the team in yards with six catches for 68 yards. And the defense totaled four sacks, but had no turnovers. There was also a very questionable thing that happened in this game. Now, during that game-winning field goal, or it was a play before that, the time appeared to hit zero on the play clock, and no delay of game was called. Now, oftentimes, we've seen this happen before, and we've gotten uh, some input saying, you know, from from the judges saying um, there's a little bit of lag time with the clock, but it seemed as though it was very clear and evident that it was a delay of game. So very, very interesting dilemma going on there. But in the end, the Ravens do get the win, but definitely some uncertainty over how it happened. The last game was the Sunday night football game. Packers 30, 49ers 28. The Packers take the win. Aaron Rodgers goes 23 for 33 with 261 yards and two touchdowns. No turnovers. Very clean game from him. Aaron Jones had 19 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. Quite a solid game from him. He has looked good so far this season. Devonta Adams absolutely exploded in this one. He garnered 12 catches for 132 yards and a touchdown. Marquez Valdez-Scantling added three catches for 59 yards and a touchdown as well. And the defense had three sacks, one interception, and one fumble recovery. So all around a very solid game. Uh, The... 49ers left too much time on the clock for Aaron Rodgers to, you know, be able to drive and get him into field goal position. And, you know, he's Aaron Rodgers, so he's obviously going to get it done. Uh, so clock management was a little all in the end for the 49ers and probably the reason they lost. But 
On another note, Jimmy Garoppolo goes 25 for 40 with 257 yards, two touchdowns, and throws a pick. He has not looked too great this year. He also hasn't looked too bad. He's just very he just seems very, very average, maybe slightly above average. I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I do think they should look into using Trey Lance more. Trey Sermon, rookie running back, had 10 carries for 31 yards, and so not a great average, but it is what it is. But he did get his first career rushing touchdown, so congratulations to Trey Sermon. Trey Lance also had a one-yard rushing touchdown in this game. George Kittle had seven catches for a season-high 92 yards. I'm sure he will break that season-high eventually. And then Kyle Juszczyk and Brandon Ayuk both had four catches exactly for 37 yards exactly, and both had a touchdown. So a very spread-out game for the 49ers offense. The defense only had one sack, no turnovers, so a very lackluster performance from the defensive side of the 49ers. That is it for the recap. Those are the three games that I thought were the most interesting. We also had the Rams-Bucks, where the Rams took the win, and I thought last week, because I talked about the undefeated teams, I thought the Bucks would take the win. Unfortunately, they didn't, and the Rams remain undefeated. So, moving on, we got our outstanding performance, and speaking of the Rams... My first outstanding performer for quarterback this week is Matt Stafford. He had 27 completions to 38 attempts. He had 343 yards and four touchdowns. He has looked absolutely flawless in the Rams uniform. He looks fantastic, very in sync with his offense. So he earns a spot on my outstanding performance list for week three. Wide receiver, shockingly, is Mike Williams, wide receiver for the L.A. Chargers. He had seven catches for 122 yards and two touchdowns. A monster week from him. Quite a few fantasy points and great for that offense. Uh, Keenan Allen sort of took a backseat from him. Still got targets and catches and decent amount of yards and a touchdown, but this was Mike Williams' game. He absolutely dominated the Chiefs and was a big reason as to why the Chargers were able to upset the Chiefs. Now, running back, there were other guys that I could have said uh, Alexander Madison had a great week filling in for Dalvin Cook. Derrick Henry did his usual thing, but Najee Harris has to be my outstanding performer for this week. Although they did not lose and were playing catch on most of the game, it is just crazy the statistics that he finished with. Now, he only had 14 carries for 40 yards, and he did not have a single touchdown in this game, but he had 19 targets, and 14 of those were catches for 102 yards. Now... 19 targets for a running back is the second most in NFL history. That is wild. Uh, Najee Harris, only his third career game. Now, Juju went out of this game with injury, and so did Claypool. He was Claypool was constantly in and out of the game, but Juju was fully out. So Najee Harris was the clear-cut and up wide receiver one in the current situation of the Steelers. But he had a pretty massive game. I mean, PPR, that's a great amount of points. Uh, but just, just overall, what he did this game, it was really, really cool to watch as a running back to see what he could do out of the backfield. Like I said, 14 catches, 102 yards, a total of 142 yards, including his rushing yards. Just a crazy game from him. So wanted to show some love, so he is my running back outstanding performer. And again, those are my outstanding performers of the week, Matt Stafford, Mike Williams, and Najee Harris. Now, we're going to do some something a little different. We're going to go on the flip side of things. Now, I just told you my outstanding performers. I kind of want to talk about the busts of the week, both on a real-life scale and a fantasy scale. Uh, all of the teams on this list, or all the players, their teams on this list lost. 
uh, when they could have been win- winnable games, I guess you could say. N- not on paper. Maybe. I'm just going to talk about it. So my quarterback bust of the week this week was Russell Wilson. He had been cooking all, well, not all season. It's only been two weeks. But he had looked absolutely flawless in his first two games. And we have seen Russell Wilson tend to slow down later in the year. I don't think this is really necessarily slowing down. He had 23 completions to 32 attempts, 298 yards, and one touchdown. Now, it's not an a bad game, but it's the fact that the Seahawks lost to the Vikings uh, and and just not much was done. And Chris Carson out of the backfield had a great game. So uh, the reason why I say he was a bust this week is that he it just felt like he couldn't keep up with the Vikings. And I feel like the Vikings are a reasonable team to be able to keep up with, at least shoot out, tie, B. I mean, the, the Seahawks probably should have won this game. Uh, but they they got they lost by 13 points, so it was just a bad week. So that's why I'm kind of calling this a bust on on Russell Wilson. It just feels like it, if you watch the game, he just didn't seem like he was getting it done when necessary. Uh, so yeah, that's my bust of the week for quarterback. Wide receiver, pretty obvious. While there were, were other options like DeAndre Hopkins, I did not want to put DeAndre Hopkins for the sole reason that we knew coming into the game that he was dealing with an injury to his ribs. So I decided to pick Allen Robinson. Now coming into this game, the Browns were a rough matchup on paper and a rough matchup in person. Obviously the Browns defense is very good, but you had Justin Fields, you know, the new young spry quarterback, uh, rookie Ohio State, hoping to lead his team to a victory in his first game, but they garnered absolutely zero yards on offense. It was a very poor day. Allen Robinson had six targets, but only reeled in two catches for 27 yards. It was just very, very underwhelming. Uh, has to be the wide receiver bust of the week. It was just a very, very poor performance. And I'm not saying that's on Allen Robinson. I think the whole offense as a whole looked dysfunctional. So again, not really necessarily on Allen Robinson, but he is the wide receiver bust of the week. And we will stay on the same team for running back. David Montgomery had 10 carries for 34 yards, two catches for 21 yards. As soon as the game started getting out of reach for the Bears, obviously they were turning into, you know, throw mode. Justin Fields sacked nine times. It just, the whole offense just looked awful. And I do think it's a sign that Matt Nagy needs to get fired. And I'm sure a lot of people would agree as well. But, yeah, running back and wide receiver, Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, both busts of the week. It's a shame because both very talented players know what they're capable of. Just couldn't get it done. It was just a bad day for the Bears. And then tight end, oh, this one was painful, especially because I have him in fantasy. But the Baltimore Ravens, in week one and two, allowed massive games to tight ends. First week, Darren Waller went off against the Raiders. Second week, Travis Kelsey also went off against the, or did I say Waller went off against the Raiders? Waller went off against the Ravens. Uh, My apologies. A little confusion there. And then Travis Kelsey also went off against the Ravens. So, one of the top tight ends this year prior to week three was TJ Hawkinson. And the Lions were going to go into a game against the Ravens, what people thought would be, okay, Ravens blow them out. Lions go into full-time pass mode for the whole game. Well, TJ Hawkinson finishes the game with only two targets, two catches. Did really both of his targets, at least. But two catches for 10 yards, it was just a very mediocre game. Couldn't find space like like Waller and Kelsey did. Uh, I'm sure going into the game, the Ravens knew that TJ Hawkinson was going to be a big part of the Lions game plan considering that's where their blemish was in the games versus the Chiefs and the Raiders. Like I said, Waller and Kelsey 
So I'm sure they locked it up and game planned for TJ Hawkinson and they did a very good job. But yes, he has a bust of the week, unfortunately. So the bust of the week are Russell Wilson, Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, TJ Hawkinson. Hopefully they can bounce back next week. It is just one week and there are a lot of weeks left to play. So it is early in the season, but I want to do a first glance pretender and contender segment. I just want to talk about some teams that I think, you know, they're playing well, but you know, looking down the line, probably a pretender. And then players who are playing well right now, looking down the line, well, they could actually, you know, contend. So the first contender I have is the Raiders. And the reason I say this is simply put, look at the first three matchups they have. Yes, Miami was without Tua, and I'm not sure that that really changes anything, you know, in the dynamics of the game. Tua hasn't really shown much flash, a lot of promise, so... Jacoby Brissett playing doesn't necessarily make it a downgrade, in my opinion, maybe slightly. But the Raiders are winning, and, and, you know, it's been close with some of these teams so far. But these are good teams. Miami, whether their offense looks good or not, their defense is still very solid. Uh, Maybe not against Buffalo. But their defense is solid in general. You get what I'm saying. And then they go out and beat Baltimore as well. They beat the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers as well. It, it was just the Raiders are playing very, very good football right now. And I think a lot of that has to do with two things. One, Derek Carr's leadership. Derek Carr is leading this team with no problem right now. And two, the defense is actually playing well for once. We have seen the Raiders overdraft for some reason on Ohio State corners. How many times in the last couple of years? David Arnett, uh, what's his name? Gary Conley. They have a tendency to over overdraft on defensive players in general, Clellan Farrell, who's on the second line of defense and a rotational player now. It, just very questionable what they do during the draft. But actually, right now, their defense is playing some decent football. Uh, they're getting turnovers, still allowing some points, but it's better than we've seen in the past. It's enough to keep them in games and keep the Raiders from giving up the lead. Uh, so the Raiders, I do think, are legitimate contenders. Uh, if you want to argue about that, please hit me up. I think they look great. And then this one pains me to say just because I hate this team in general. But if I'm being honest, yes, the Cowboys are contenders. Sure, they beat the Eagles, who aren't a great team. Sure, they, but they did. But the thing with the Eagles is the Eagles have shown some fight this year against like the 49ers. And then obviously they, they pounced the, uh, the Falcons week one. But the Cowboys didn't just beat them, they absolutely blew them out. It was 41 to 21. So beyond that, the Cowboys also beat the Chargers. A lot of questionable calls in that game that may have helped the Cowboys win, but again, still win in the end. And then they had a shootout loss with the Bucs in the first game of the season. So, and, and you know, the Bucs are a great team, both defensively and offensively, led by Tom Brady, you know, 2020 Super Bowl champs. Uh, needless to say that the Cowboys are playing very good football right now. And again, similar situation to what the, you know, what's going on with the Raiders. Dak Prescott looks like he hasn't lost a step since his, you know, his gruesome injury with his ankle. And uh, you just get this full sense of leadership from him, similar to, you know, what Derek Carr does over there in, in, in Las Vegas. And again, Cowboys weren't supposed to have a great defense coming into the year. Trayvon Diggs is starting to rise as a good corner. Uh, last year, he got burnt quite a few times, but he has shown very, very good potential this year. Michael Parsons already making an immediate impact on defense. Just their defense is playing, again, not insanely good, but playing enough to keep them in games. So Raiders-Cowboys in very similar situations. Uh, I do think the Raiders have a chance to contend, not for the division, but for a wild card spot. Again, I don't think the Chiefs lose the division. 
personally just can't see it happen. But the Cowboys are in a very, very weak division. Eagles, almost said Redskins. Eagles, Washington football team, and the Giants, all very lackluster teams aren't looking so good so far. So I do think the Cowboys are actual contenders for, again, the the, de- the decent defensive play, the leadership from Dak Prescott, and the weak division. Now, on the flip side of things, we have two pretender teams. So the first team I have as a pretender is the Broncos. While they are playing very good football, they're playing very, very safe football. It doesn't feel like they're going outside of their limits to make crazy things happen. KJ Hamler also just tore his ACL. Jerry Judy's still going to be out for a couple of more weeks. Uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon do have a nice little duo going on in the backfield out there in Denver. But let's look at who they've... And again, they've played good, but let's look at who they beat. They beat Jacksonville, Giants, and the Jets, who all have a com- who are all 0-3, and that is a combined record of 0-9. It doesn't get worse than that in terms of who you're playing. I mean, that's literally the easiest possible schedule you could get. Um, now, in these games of the Broncos, you know, is it tight matchups? Not really. It's been fairly, fairly dominant wins from them. And their defense, the Denver defense looks absolutely fantastic. But with how safe that offense is playing right now, because Teddy Bridgewater isn't like some slinger. He isn't some, you know, he's not going to throw for 400 yards a game. He plays, he's, he's a, he's a check down Charlie, essentially. He plays it very, very safe. He's a game manager, simple as that. And I love Teddy Bridgewater, former Saint. You know, I loved when he was here, led us to, what, five wins when Breeze was out. So, you know, I love Teddy Bridgewater. But in the end, the offense will be only be able to take them so far, and the defense eventually will find some, you know, there will be some holes in that defense. It just naturally happens. But, you know, as good as they're playing right now, just looking at who they played down the line, still haven't played any division matchups yet, and they have a tough division. You know, they have the Chiefs, Chargers, and the Raiders, who are all playing very well. Just I just can't see it happening. Just can't. So that is my first pretender. The second pretender I might get a lot of hate for because they are playing really good football right now, but there's just too many holes in general. Are the Cincinnati Bengals? Let's take a look at who they've beat. They have beat Pittsburgh. They have beat Minnesota, and then they took a loss to Chicago. So definitely very interesting how they were able to beat Pittsburgh, Minnesota, but lose to Chicago. Now, looking down the line, they have a very, very tough schedule coming up. A lot of good teams, on the, especially on the road as well. I do like what the Bengals bring offensively. I think offensively, they, they look very good. I have no problems with, with, with what they're doing on offense, and I love how Jamar Chase has turned out so far. Joe Burrow, that LSU connection, looking absolutely fantastic. I love Joe Burrow. Again, you know, big New Orleans Saints fan, love LSU. Uh, so I've been a big Joe Burrow fan uh, and uh, Jamar Chase as well. And Jamar Chase has, has been absolutely fantastic, has probably been the best receiver on that offense so far this season, obviously. But uh, just that de- the defense, while they have been playing fairly decent, uh, just they just have too many holes. Like, you look at their secondary, and they, you know, they do have Jesse Bates, but like outside of Jesse Bates, they don't have anyone. And I love Von Bell again, former Saint, but... You know, in terms of coverage, he's not great. But I, I like the Bengals. I just, knowing what their schedule is like going down the line, I just can't see them doing anything crazy with it. Uh, you know, tough division. They have to play the Browns, Bears, Steelers. Who did, Like, they did beat the Steelers. Don't get me wrong. This, but the Steelers, to me, they 
and something they've always done for at least the past couple of years is they'll play up to their opponents, but they also play down to their opponents. So it's weird. They play to the scale of the team that they're they're facing. It's it's very interesting there in Pittsburgh. But to sum it up, my contenders are the Raiders, Cowboys, from what I have seen so far, and also pretenders are the Broncos and Bengals. Sorry to congratulations to Raiders and Cowboys fans. You guys look absolutely fantastic. And and for the Broncos and Bengals fans, like keep your head up. Like there's still a lot of football left, and anything can happen. You know, I, I'm just some guy talking on a podcast, so literally. The Broncos or Bengals could come out of nowhere and actually make the playoffs, but I just personally cannot see it happening after you know doing some deep dive, uh, re- deep diving and some research. It just it just doesn't look too bright going down the line for them. So last on the list of the podcast today, we have our locked in and upset picks. I want to update you because I'm on fire right now with my picks. So I am so far 4-0 this year. I have a feeling that's going to change this week, unfortunately, due to the kind of matchups we have. But uh, last week I said the Chargers would take on the Chiefs and win. And guess what? The Chargers won unbelievably. Uh, You know, I thought that was a really, really bold pick, and I still look at it as a bold pick, but I can't believe it actually worked out. But I just had a feeling that the Chargers would be able to step up to the task and actually beat the Chiefs. I saw it as a very, very reasonable game, division matchup. Justin Herbert looking good and wanted to prove something. He had a very fine game. Uh, But they took the win. And then I also had the Browns over the Bears, you know, for my locked-in pick. And for my locked-in picks, I never like to, you know, pick... You know, like a game, like if it was the Rams versus, uh, uh, I don't know, Jacksonville. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't take a game like that because that's just boring and, and it feels very, very obvious. Uh, so I'd like to keep it a little bit closer. That's why I did Browns over Bears. I, I, I thought Justin Fields would have a much, much better uh, uh, debut uh, st- as a starting quarterback, but it turns out that wasn't true. Um, but I chose the Browns over the Bears, and that also hit. So now I am 4-0. So this week... My locked-in pick, funny, I just told everyone on this podcast that they're pretenders, but I have the Bengals beating the Jaguars. The Jaguars are just, they're just not that good. Trevor Lawrence has been shaky so far. Offense has really just been shaky so far. Defense has, just gets obliterated every single game. They just can't keep up. Uh, so I'm going to, and this is a Thursday night matchup, actually. So I'm going to take the Bengals versus the Jaguars in this one. Um I think the Bengals got this one on lock. And then my upset is actually a divisional matchup out in the NFC West. We have the Cardinals versus Rams. Uh, I have a hard time believing that the Rams wouldn't be favored in this game. Uh, But I'm pretty sure regardless, I think the Rams are 100%. I'm I'm almost 100% sure that the Rams are favored in this game. Thus, if the Cardinals do win, it's an upset. Um, So I am taking the Cardinals in this game. I do think that the Rams win this game, but I think that, you know, looking at all the potential upsets, like, uh, I just, this was the one that actually made the most sense. Other games seemed like they were very lopsided, uh, so I wanted to keep it reasonable. So that is why I'm taking the Cardinals over the Rams. The Rams look like the most unstoppable team in the NFL right now with Matt Stafford, so... Uh, let's. I wonder if the Cardinals can put a put a stop to their dominance so far this season, and I guess we will find out. So that's all I got for this week. We will find out if my hit my picks hit next week. Uh, hope you guys have enjoyed. I know I'm loving it so far. I'm having a lot of fun. I missed doing this all summer, and I'm very glad football is back, and we have plenty of weeks to go uh, until the season concludes. 
But we aren't looking quite there yet. We are looking to week four next week. And I will come back with you. I will come back with some more recaps and some new segments, hopefully. Just stay tuned, and I hope you guys enjoy. I just have one last question. Are you down to football? 